0: And now, please welcome your hosts, Amy and Trey Castles. Hey, everyone. It's Amy. Trey's not here today, so I thought, this is a perfect day for me to talk about a subject that is very close to me, and I need to really stay focused on it. So Trey and I sometimes you know, go all over the page, and we have a lot of fun back and forth together, so it's understandable. But... Today, I really want to stay on track because I have a lot to talk about in this small little episode. This episode about migraines may not be something that resonates with you personally, but I guarantee you, most people know someone who does have a migraine or gets migraines. And I really encourage you to send them this episode because I think it'll be very educational for them. And I need to start out by saying, I am not a doctor. I am just a person sharing my own testimony and what I've learned through the years. And I'm going to talk about how they started for me, where they are now, the triggers, and kind of where migraines happen in your body, and maybe some remedies that I've found that have worked. So again, in no way, shape, or form am I a doctor and am I trying to promote anything. I just want to educate with my story because I hope that it helps someone else. All right. So here we go. I remember migraines starting in probably kindergarten and I would come home from school and I would say I had a headache. Thankfully, my mom at that time, I want to say by first grade, knew to get my eyes checked. So we got my eyes checked and I definitely needed glasses. I had astigmatism. So, that was right off the bat where we first knew that I was going to be a child who got headaches. But I would say the astigmatism just created like this ache in my eyes. So, I'm wondering if they were more headaches at that time. I don't remember a whole lot of headaches until I started puberty. And it's understandable that that happens because different hormone fluctuations within the body create a different chemical process. In your body. And so it causes changes. And when those changes occur, that's when your body starts to react. And this is where a migraine can be triggered. So different chemical changes in different people's bodies cause different results. For me personally, it was a migraine. So that started in junior high. And I remember them being so bad that I would have to stay home from school. So let me tell you what a migraine is. Well, a migraine is think of a seizure in the brain. You have two nerves, they're called the trigeminal nerve, and they're on the right and left side, basically above your ear, kind of where your temples are. And when either of those nerves are activated or rattled or disturbed, then it can start a migraine. And we like to say triggers, like there's different triggers. It's triggering that trigeminal nerve. So when that trigeminal nerve is activated and then you start to get this pain, a lot of people get different things that happen to them. Some people start seeing little zigzag lines. Some people start seeing flashes. Some people see speckles of light. Some people black out and they can't see it all. Luckily, I actually don't have any of those things. So I'm really, I'm really happy and thankful that those don't happen. But I do have a lot of other effects and this i'm probably forgetting a lot of things but in my mouth the taste of everything changes the taste of water is horrible it's 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 actually difficult to go down and dehydration is a trigger so you, you're now chasing your tail because you don't want to drink but you kind of need to so you don't get dehydrated but the taste of water it's like a metal taste in your mouth it's it's not fun your sense of smell is heightened And when that happens, everything bothers you. So for example, if you're sitting on the airplane and you're already with a migraine and somebody's got perfume next to you, that perfume may have been a nuisance before, but you kind of got through it. But now just one little whiff is, is just sending you completely over the edge. Or I was in a pizza shop last weekend and I had a migraine and it was all the smoky smell of the pizza ovens and I started gagging. I couldn't, I could not handle it. I ate there the day before, awesome Greek salad, by the way, and they, they had the same smells, but I, I couldn't handle it that day. I started gagging and I had to leave your eyes are affected. Your eyes hurt so bad. There's just this deep ache behind your eyes and lights and flashes make the migraine worse. So you're very sensitive to the light and you just, that's why you want to go to a dark room. You can't see very well. Sounds. Sounds are horrible. The The sound of loud, high pitches or bass. Oh my gosh. Bass is the worst. It Causes the migraine to completely magnify. So you can tell your whole body starts to go out of whack. Then your bowels. I'm sorry to get graphic here, but I always know how bad of a migraine it is if I wake up and there's diarrhea. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know you don't want to hear that and you don't want to hear about me doing that. Now I'm talking too further um, in the conversation. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, diarrhea, it happens. Your bowels are going nuts and that's that's just there. And then your stomach, your stomach can't handle anything. So you're so nauseous and you're vomiting. Uh, by the way, low blood sugar, high blood sugar, they're a trigger for migraines. So you're sitting there vomiting, but your blood sugar is dropping and you can't eat because you'll vomit more. And so then you vomit some more because you're now hungry and you're nauseous but then the migraine's worse you you see how you're just in this spin cycle and you can't get it to stop it won't stop and it's very challenging your thinking is off when when i have a migraine and the pain is to such a high level i i can't think straight there's your brain is actually slowed down and i can't make my words out the the words don't come clear. And I have slurred speech. My mom knows when I have a migraine based on the tone of my voice. If I answer the phone and I have a certain tone, she's like, you have a migraine, don't you? And I'm like, yes, I do. (laughs) And it may be at a level four or five where I'm just really trying to work it and get it to go away. But I still answer the phone. If it's a level 10, I'm not answering the phone. But anyway, your thinking is off. And sometimes when I'm laying there and the pain is so bad, I'm thinking it's actually so stressful and stress causes the migraines to get worse too. But all these to-do lists start coming in my head. So I'm sitting there laying there and my brain's not functioning well, but all this to-do list is coming in and it's almost like a hallucination. I It's so hard to describe. So when somebody says they have a migraine, it's not just a pain in the head. It actually causes this domino effect of all of the physiological processes that happen within your body. And it's hell. It's hell. So I'm gonna go through and talk about some things that I have found through the years that helped me. But first, I need to tell you how I got there. I knew years ago that perfume, candles, senses, cleaning products, cleaning supplies, plugins, fragrances, all those things. I learned a long time ago that they trigger a headache almost instantly. The headache then turns into a migraine. So, I mean, a headache is a pain in a different place in your head. But for someone with migraines, it can actually start out as a headache, but then it's like a like a, a fire. It just moves into a flame. I've even had a pimple cause a, he- a migraine before because it was a pain. So it just the perfumes, the candles, all of that kind of stuff. Luckily, I learned to get those out of my house. And You know, it's not fun. It's not. I wanted candles. I wanted to wear smelly perfumes like other girls did at school or do you remember Victoria's Secret smelly lotions? I wanted to wear those things, but I couldn't because I knew that by second period, I would have a migraine. So I had to take all those away. Cleaning supplies were a huge one. I absolutely cannot use bleach. I mean, I do have a bottle of bleach in my house and I will put a tiny little bit in my whites, but that is it. And it's just—I remember in fourth grade, my 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 dad cleaning the house, and he used bleach. And I was so physically ill with a migraine and vomiting that I had to lay outside for the rest of the day. I I actually—I was laying on the deck. I couldn't go in because it was the the smell of the bleach. So people who are sensitive with migraines. Their body has an inability to detox properly. So these things kind of come in and then they just stay in the body and just continually poison it. So cleaning supplies really need to be clean, so to speak. They need to be green. And I'm sorry, Mrs. Myers, sorry to call a product out, but that's still fragrance. It's the fragrance. Fragrance is an umbrella term that is used that they can hide all hundreds if not thousands of different chemicals within that term so when they just say fragrance it's not some person in a lab coat that learned how to recreate the smell of pumpkin spice and all things nice it's actually a com a umbrella word that could mean a million different well okay a million a hundred to a thousand different types of chemicals so when you're looking for cleaning products to use You want to find some that do not have fragrance and that are as green as possible. If not, make your own. And by the way, not to plug a product, okay? I promise this is not to plug a product. This is the truth. I started using Young Living Essential Oils in 2010 because I could not believe for the first time in my life, I was able to smell things that smell good. And I was able to use their Thieves Cleaner and it actually smelled good and it didn't bother me. And And that was a beautiful thing. Imagine never being able to taste food. All your food just tasted just like mush and it was, you couldn't taste it. And then one day you were able to taste. You would cry. That would be a beautiful thing. That's what happened to me when I started using Young Living Essential Oils because I was able to actually smell things that smelled good. So that's that there. All right. So you got to remove those from your house, go in there and clean it out and also. You can use things like vinegar and water. You can use baking soda. You can use alcohol, vodka, and water. There's lots of different things that you can do for dirt, cheap pennies to clean your home. Okay, 2005, I was doing a fitness training. I was training to be a body pump teacher. And all the ladies there were amazing. They're in their 30s, 40s, 50s. And I was the youngest one. And I remember all these ladies being so strong and they just were so clear headed and they had so much energy. And I thought, man, that's amazing. I'm 25 years old. And I was, I was getting up and going to the restroom with a migraine to puke. And I was so mad about it. I was like, why is this happening to me? This is horrible. I have this migraine. Now that I look back, A, I was probably dehydrated. B, I was stressed out because it was a training and you had to do all these tests. And then C, I probably overdid it. And then my traps were sore, which triggered a migraine from the neck. But I remember just being really upset that I was going through this and I didn't understand why. And here's all these ladies that were older than me, literally kicking my butt. So my mom told me, you need to go... And go to a different doctor. You've got to see a doctor that's going to look at your your diet and help with your hormones and get you completely cleaned out. And I went to a doctor like LV Wellness, Dr. Justin Hogan. And this was – he was not around back then, but now I recommend people to Dr. Hogan when it comes to doing a candida cleanse like this. So I did a candida cleanse. And the candida cleanse, basically, it's six weeks – and you're taking out dairy, sugar, grain, legumes, vinegar, apple cider vinegar is okay, alcohol, artificial flavors, colors, dyes, preservatives. And when I say sugar, I mean honey. I mean agave nectar, all of those things. And you're saying yes to basically meat, seafood, nuts, seeds, veggies, fruit, potatoes, and squash. And the candida cleanse, what that did for me is it cleans off the slate. and okay, I was just watching a hoarding show the other day and they go in and they take everything out of the house except for the big furniture. They take all of the stuff out and they had to do that to organize it and be able to put back in what's, what fits. It is the same thing with your diet. Sometimes you have to completely clean the slate and take all the stuff out, keep the main pieces, your meats, seafood, nuts, seeds, vegetables, fruit, Potatoes, squash, herbal teas, water. And you keep those in, and then you add small things back in once you're done with the full cleanse. So you're healing your gut. When I did this, I think I lost probably at least 10 pounds right off the bat. It was all inflammation. I remember for the first time in my life, you know, the little bones that you have on your wrists? I saw those bones on me. I didn't even know I had them. I saw bones kind of around my elbow, on my knuckles, and I didn't even know that I had them because I was inflamed. I was inflamed for so long. Your gut is its own nervous system itself. It's a whole ecosystem. It's like a pond. You have to keep a pond completely nourished. You have to keep the bacteria levels proper. You can't have one level of algae you know, Some algae is okay, but you, you have to have things balanced. Otherwise, that pond will choke out with algae, the fish will die, and it'll be, it'll be terrible. It's the same thing with your entire gut. There has to be a balance of good bacteria and bad bacteria. And I had an imbalance of bad bacteria in my body and probably an overgrowth of candida. Candida is a type of parasite bacteria. And I think more of them bacteria, but the candida, what that does is, is it eats away at all of the, your blood sugar and it then releases its gases. It's actually a living organism that's living inside your body and it's kills off and it starves out the good bacteria. Then you have this candida that's overgrowing And it's robbing you of your blood sugar. So here you eat this like, oh, I just ate a balanced dinner. Well, it's an hour later. I'm not hungry, but yet I'm craving sugar. It lit up your brain in a certain area telling you that you needed to have sugar. So then you go and eat sugar, which feeds the little candidas. And then they overgrowth. You'll know that you actually have a huge candida cleanse. If ladies, you're experiencing yeast infections, if you are, if you, and then everyone, if you have thrush on your tongue, that means it's coming out. So from your tongue and your mouth all the way down to both holes or all three holes down below, there can be candida and you gotta clean it out. And the only way to do that is to flood your system with the proper supplements to kill off candida, taking the right probiotics, stop feeding the candida. Candida loves starchy carbs. It loves dairy. It loves vinegar and alcohol, loves sugar. So you just keep feeding it. And by the way, you're going to have a ton of gas if you have lots of candida. And when you first start cleaning it out, Those Candidas are going to die. So you're going to have this kind of a detox effect. You might get congested and you might have some like cold like symptoms, but you're detoxing. You're cleaning things out. If you were to go clean out a a home, a hoarder's home, it's going to look pretty nasty for a while and you're going to be scratching your head going, holy crap, what did I just do here? And you've got to keep going through the process. I would like to have an episode more on candida cleansing and go deeper into it. So we can do that another time. Another option for candida cleanse is the whole 30. I think that if you are truly in a state of, I, I have very much overgrowth of candida, you really need to do a candida cleanse. But if you're like, okay, I don't think I do. I never get yeast infections. I don't really crave sugar that much then I think you could probably do a whole 30, and I think it would be pretty great as well. Okay. Number three is stress. And I really have to give credit to this podcast because we have talked a lot about stress. We've talked a lot about migraines. We've talked a lot about our life. And Trey and I share a lot of our life with you. And through that process, and I've gone back and I've listened to episodes, and I realized so much that a lot of the migraines that I had were from stress. And that was probably the last piece of the puzzle I feel for me that I needed to really just look into and determine, hey, what can what needs to come out of my life that is stressful? Because what's happening is, is when you have a strong, stressful time, the next day, you have some chemical changes that happen within your body. And that chemical change then causes the migraine. See, the migraine doesn't come on the day that that the stressful day. It's usually the day after. It's like this dump. It's like a cortisol dump or something. And this causes all kinds of things. This can cause you to crave sugar. It can cause you to crave alcohol. It can cause your muscles to get tense when you're sleeping incorrectly. That's what would happen to me. Most of my migraines would come in the morning, and I would wake up, and I would think, oh, I just slept wrong. Oh, my muscles are tight. I slept wrong. Well, actually, why did I sleep wrong? I slept wrong because I was stressed, and I was tightened throughout the night, and I was constricting. And when you're constricting, you now have a lack of blood flow to your brain. Muscles are contracted, and this is causing the biggest level of stress. So stress can be anything. It can be emotional stress physical stress. It can be mental stress, psychological stress. There's tons of different stressors and you have to determine what in your life is causing stress. One of the best things you can do is keep a journal. And with the journal, you have to journal everything you ate, everything you did, anything that you were stressed out about. I have to train. I have a deal. If I am thinking about something over and over and over, and it's like a loop, and I'm constantly thinking about it, I have to recognize it. So I'm having to become mindful so that I can talk to him about it because I need to just get it out. If Trey's not available, and sometimes Trey is not in the right state of mind. And as husbands and wives, as partners, you have to be able to recognize when your partner, when your best friend or your mom or your dad or whoever is able to handle the information that you are about to give them or unload on them. Because sometimes they're not always able to handle it and then it backfires you and they just want to quickly snap and judge or whatever and then it causes you to be more stressed. So find a neutral party, whether it's a life coach, a therapist, a counselor, if you don't have anyone else to talk to. That's super important. So stress is a huge, huge massive four out of five people who get migraines say migraines are caused from stress. And I did not believe it. And I've been told it for 20 years and I finally believe it. I'm also stubborn. Okay. Number four, mold and air quality. This is a huge one. This affects where I sleep. It affects the people I stay with. It affects the hotels that I'm at. It affects everything, you can't have dusty musty moldy hazy low barometric places or pressure where you sleep and it's when it's like this you're not getting the proper oxygen to your brain you get congested which can trigger a migraine so for us we have to make sure our air filters are changed before we move into our houses we have to have our air ducts cleaned those things are super important air duct cleaning is an important part of being in a environment that you can actually breathe properly. And if you just moved into new construction, that means that they probably in the last days ran that air conditioner while they were doing some work. And there's probably a lot of dust up there. So it's got to be cleaned out. Moldy. I mean, I know y'all have heard us talk about Kaylee and Kaylee is the young mama who we adopted and- she is. She was in an apartment that was off 1960. It was nasty, moldy apartment, and she had migraines almost every day. Finally, being out of there, she's not had a single one. It's been almost three months, not a single migraine. It was so moldy inside. It was so dusty, musty, and the cigarette smoke was coming in from the other apartments. It was terrible. No more migraines. Barometric pressure lowering. That's going to happen outside. And you can't really do anything about barometric pressure lowering. But what you can do is control the amount of inflammation in your body. If you have a lot of inflammation in your body, then your body is going to react more terribly (laughs) to the barometric pressure. So if your diet is off, guess what? You're going to have more inflammation in your body. If you're eating things that cause stress and inflammation – like the dairy and the sugar and the grains and legumes and the alcohol and the artificial everything, it's gonna cause barometric or it's gonna cause inflammation to be within your body. If you're stressed, guess what? You have inflammation. So that means that you're gonna react. Okay, number five is sleep. This is a tricky one. Oh, you can't get too little. Oh, you can't get too much. <laughs> a good seven to eight hours is good for me. I can't sleep less than, I mean, six and a half is my absolute lowest. I would say eight and a half is my absolute highest. Most of the time, I'm getting between seven and eight hours of sleep consistently each night. The more stressed you are, the harder it is for you to sleep. You're going to be up. If you have way too much on your mind, you're going to be up and you're going to have insomnia and you're going to toss and you're going to turn. And now that's going to affect your migraines. So you can't have too much sleep either. So things like, CBD. I can't take it at night. Magnesium. I really can't take magnesium at all. A lot of people say magnesium works great for them. Well, there's a lot of different types of magnesium and I, all the ones that I've tried, they cause me to sleep too hard. And I wake up with the most horrible migraine ever. So I have to get my magnesium in other ways. I get it through Epsom salt baths. I get my magnesium through a mineral drop that I use. It has a little bit of natural magnesium. My magnesium levels are good. I get them checked. So too little, too much sleep, it's not going to work for you. There are things like the Uller, which help with the temperature because you want to have your temperature at 68 degrees or below sleep studies show over and over that 68 degrees and below is ideal for a quality night's sleep. It helps because your body is rising and falling in its temperature as you go through the various sleep cycles. So 68 degrees and below keeps the air quality good. It keeps it clean and then it keeps your body at a level that it can still move through the different temperature zones. If you're a person that really runs hot, you may benefit from having something like the Uller, which is a mattress topper that is like a cooler and you can set different temperatures. I have friends that absolutely swear by it. And basically once you could do your one side 60 degrees, you could do the other side 70 degrees. So it just really helps with inflammation. I mean, that, I'm, that, that could be a whole other episode on its own. Okay. Hormones. This is another big one. We've talked about hormones before on here. We've talked about it with Dr. Cook and hormones are another really, really tricky thing. But the best thing I can tell you is that changes in your hormones, dips in the hormones, lack of hormone can trigger a migraine. So I remember I was going to the doctor And they had me loaded up of progesterone, loaded up. And we were trying to get pregnant. And I went to the fertility specialist and he said, well, you're not going to get pregnant if you're taking this much progesterone. And I was like, well, I have to. I'll get migraines. He goes, no. If low progesterone were the cause of migraines, then every woman who had migraines after they went through menopause would have a migraine every single day because they're not making any more progesterone. And I was like, oh. He goes, it's not It's not the lack of my, of progesterone. It's the change. It's the chemical reaction that happens when you have this rise of the progesterone and then this dip and it drops. Your body is reacting to it you want a nice smooth steady flow of progesterone and estrogen and testosterone and cortisol and all those other hormones how do you make that happen well you can start with your diet number 1 you could go pop all the pills you want i don't care if it's a natural doctor that's the thing is like even some of these natural doctors like they just want to load you up on pills there's no difference of a doctor doing this with pharmaceutical pills if you don't change your lifestyle to change to help with your hormones, then you're not seeing a clear picture. Because guess what? All those perfumes and fragrances and mm-hmm. stuff, those cause cytoestrogens that happen, zytoestrogens in your body, and are xenoestrogens, cyto, xenoestrogens within your body. And those xenoestrogens are now creating an imbalance because your body thinks that you have a ton of estrogen. So, You have to clean things out. You have to clean out the diet. If your diet is stressed, then your nutrients are not being provided for your ovaries. Now your ovaries can't work very well. So now you have these changes in your hormone levels that are not great because you— are not producing properly maybe you are stressing yourself out and you're causing a lot of contraction within your body and you have inflammation in your back and your low back and your your ovaries can't receive the blood flow and the messages that they need to from the brain to be able to produce the hormone that it needs to so then you have these huge dips and now it triggers a migraine so there's a lot to do with your lifestyle with your stress That trigger the hormones. Sleep triggers hormones. So you see how this is. There's no one short answer, and this is why people go to neurologists and they just give them a pill. And I understand why people don't want to do all these things. When I when I went to a neurologist a while back, it was after River. And it was because when of course this happened they they gave me the epidural, they nicked my spine, and it caused spinal fluid to leak up into my brain, and it was leaking for a month, and it was too late to do a brain patch and so I ended up going to the neurologist, and I told him all the things I was doing. He was like, "Do you want to come educate my uh, patients here <laughs> He goes. I would love for all my patients to do these things. He said, but the reality is, is that people just don't want to, they just want to pop a pill. So, you know, a lot of people will dog these doctors for just giving pills, but at the end of the day, that's what everybody's wanting. So where do you draw the line and where do you find the middle ground and who's going to be the one that says, Hey, I don't, I don't want to take the pill because you're going to have these, these side effects. I was on pills i was I saw a neurologist for almost ten years. I was on blood pressure medicine I was on antidepressants. I was on anti seizure medicines that turned me for lack of better terms bash it crazy because they cause emotions to go all over the place and I was on these migraine meds that I would take when I got a migraine and then it would trigger a migraine the next day it It, it was a mess these these pills they they didn't work in the long term. At some point, I had to say, I'm going to do these things to clean out my body and prevent, and then I'm going to stay with it so that I don't get a migraine. Okay, the next thing is blood sugar. Your blood sugar causes a chemical reaction within your body. It causes your physiology to change. If your blood sugar drops too low and it drops too or it gets too high, there are chemical reactions in your body that can trigger a migraine. So I have to keep my blood sugar balanced throughout the day. That's something I'm really careful about. I cannot let it get too low. And at the same time, I can't let it get too high. So protein is a Huge part of my diet. I have to stay good with my proteins. One thing is, I absolutely cannot have any sort of sugar too late at night because those carbs don't have the time to to burn throughout the night, and then my blood sugar rises, which causes this kind of like a hangover in the morning sort of feeling, and it's a it's a horrible migraine. Let me give you an example. We were down in Harlingen this summer. My husband and I went to a peanut butter factory, and it was at a food pantry, and you volunteer there. It was was pretty awesome. Anyway, this peanut butter was so freaking good. It was like the best peanut butter ever. Well, I know why it's the best peanut butter ever. That's because two tablespoons had five grams of sugar, and I didn't realize that. Well, okay, most peanut butter has actually a lot more sugar than that, but nonetheless, there was still sugar in this one. Well, this sugar caused this migraine to happen with me, and I had a migraine till about six thirty at night. I missed everything. I met, they went to the movies. We only go down there for Memorial Day every weekend or every year, and I missed the whole entire day. I was throwing up. I had the ice pack on my head. It was horrible. I've even had like a grape before. A grape, one grape, and the, that amount of sugar triggered a migraine the next day. Now it wasn't that bad. I got over it, but I still got the migraine. So you still have you have to watch your blood sugar. One of the things I really recommend is getting a little pricker, little blood sugar pricker. And is that what they're called? A blood sugar tester. And those are really great to keep in your bag. And if you have a feeling where you're like, oh, I think my blood sugar is low and you're kind of shaky, you need to check it and see where it's at and start start documenting to see what's happening. It also could be anxiety. They actually kind of feel the same. Low blood sugar, anxiety, they kind of feel the same. So you need to know what the difference is. Okay, hydration. Hydration is huge. Hydration, electrolytes, minerals, these all have to stay in balance with each other. We have a Aqua Ox water filtration system on the entire house. Our water tastes amazing. I told you I don't take magnesium supplements at night before bed. A lot of people do. They love it for their migraines. They feel great relief with their muscles and uh, muscle softening. But for me, I have to do my minerals in my water. So... I add that to my Aqua OX maybe once a day. Most of the time I forget, but our Aqua OX water machine, it doesn't strip the water of their nutrients. It actually remineralizes it as well. So that water filtration system is for the whole entire house. So we're showering in it, we're bathing in it, we're drinking it, we're cooking with it. It's actually worse to shower or bathe in contaminated water than it is to just drink it. And at least if you were to drink it, you have your liver filtering everything out. But anything that goes on your skin is going straight to your bloodstream. So we're careful about the water that we use. You have to stay hydrated. Your body is 70% water. And if you're dehydrated, your muscles are going to contract. Have you ever seen a cadaver? If you've ever looked at a cadaver, they're completely dehydrated. Their muscles look like beef jerky. Don't let your muscles look like beef jerky. If your muscles are are not hydrated, they are not they're going to be tight. They're going to be tight. They're not going to move all over the place. Well, you're not going to have full range of motion. You're going to be sore. Your neck's going to be sore. You're going to be moving your shoulder around. You your back is going to hurt. You have to be hydrated in order for everything to work properly. You're 70% water. Drink your water. And by the way, when I go visit people's houses and we're out of town for a few days, The Ozarka water bottles are not going to cut it. It's crap water. It dehydrates me. If I were to just drink that water only, I would actually get dehydrated because it's not hydrating. It's just cleaned water. It's not hydrating. Plus, there's the plastic, but that's a whole other thing. So I actually have to go get really good mineral water that's going to help hydrate me when I go out of town. So make sure your water quality is really, really good. Okay, caffeine. We've done a whole episode on caffeine. It's right at the beginning when we first started doing episodes. I think it's like one of the first 10. The type of caffeine that you drink is important. I've talked about that. I talked about all the various types of caffeine. You've got to know when it's too much. If you wake up with a headache every single day and you get a migraine or a headache and then you drink your caffeine and then it goes away, you've got to wean off. You've got to clean out because you are now in a cycle where your body is needing the caffeine in order for you to actually thrive. So it's not that the caffeine is helping you with the headache that you got for some other reason. You're getting the headache because you haven't had your caffeine. So stop with the caffeine, detox, reset your system and your adrenals. You won't get those headaches anymore then you can take your time and then maybe have your caffeine after breakfast where it's not just really absorb absorbing into your system so much. So you got to know when to detox and when to quit. Caffeine is, you know what, I'm going to talk about caffeine here in a second again when I talk about some remedies. Okay, number 10, tight hats, hair ties, head, your head getting hot. You can't have hats that or I can't have hats that are too tight on the head because they constrict. And when you are having a migraine, your blood vessels are constricted. See, that's what the medicines do, is they open up the blood vessels so they dilate and then it increases the blood flow. Well, if you have too tight of a hair tie or too tight of a hat, you're constricting a lot of that blood flow, or maybe it's causing your head to get overheated, it's gonna it's gonna trigger a migraine. Okay. Number 11. This is not, this is the last one that I have here. I'll probably think of 10 more things when I'm not here. So if I do, we'll do a part two, but being overheated by too much sun. This is a huge one, especially if you live in South Texas, it's hot. You have to be careful not to get overheated. If you get overheated, then Once that headache starts, it starts real small. It's like this tiny little fire. And then as it progresses, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's really hard to go away. When I'm out in the sun, I have to be careful and go under the shade multiple times and have to drink nice ice cold water. If the headache starts anyway, I have a very small window to get an ice pack. And then this is where I use caffeine to help get that migraine to go away to open up the blood vessels because everything was so constricted because of the heat. Everything expands it. Everything's expanded. So when it comes to being out in the sun, one of the things that I find really, really beneficial is, I know, don't laugh, having an umbrella. I have an umbrella with a little solar side on the back or on the inside. It's basically, the umbrella is black on top, but it's the Silver solar on the bottom, or like a reflectant heat type thing, it is a godsend. Umbrellas, I cannot believe how much of a difference it makes. I try not to go anywhere without having the ability to get into shade. When we were in Israel, I had an umbrella the entire time. If I did not have that umbrella, I would have been toast. No pun intended, (laughs) actually, yeah, that was a pun intended. I would have been toast that umbrella saved me from getting overheated while I was there because it's hot. It's really hot, especially while you're up in that high desert. Okay. So now I want to go over some remedies and we are almost done. When I have a migraine really, really bad, the first thing I do is I try to get up and move because sometimes just the, the act of laying there causes that migraine to happen, and you need to move around so you have blood flow. And that blood flow will help shift fluid around and then hopefully get it to go away. But if the migraine doesn't go away, then I'll usually have to lay back down. I also have a caffeine source. So I drink a caffeine that is a yerba mate tea caffeine, and it's Vega. I mix two things together. It's Vega pre-workout electrolyzer, acai berry. And then I mix that. So I do half a scoop and then I do half a scoop of the Vega pomegranate electrolyte. So there's the Vega pre-workout energizer, acai berry. And then there's the Vega electrolyte pomegranate flavor. I do half a scoop of each. So I'm only getting half the caffeine. I drink that every morning regardless I do not have a headache before I drink the uh, drink, so I know I'm doing okay. When I used to drink Spark, I got to a point where I would wake up every day with a migraine until I had my Spark. That was my cue that I needed to quit. So if that does not work and I drink that caffeine and it doesn't help the headache go away, usually Trey's massaging my shoulders, massaging my neck, and if that doesn't go away, I have to go lay back down. If I lay back down, I'll put an ice pack on my head or a cold, wet rush rag. Then I'll try to go to sleep. I usually will. And if I wake up and that migraine is still there, then I send a message to the mobile IV. I call Kara or Heather at the mobile IV and VitaDrip, and they will come out and give me a hydration IV. That hydration, I get the Myers Drip. And that has electrolytes, it has vitamins, it has minerals, B vitamins. And then if it's a really bad one, then I'll add Toradol and Zofran for the nausea. So just the hydration alone helps with the migraine. It reduces that inflammation. It gets that fluid into your body immediately off the bat. So that is a huge, huge help for me. Then I usually have to go lay back down. So there are medications that the doctors have given me in the past. I've taken Excedrin. I've taken the Butobidol. I've taken the the Zomig and the Imatrex and the Maxalt and just all those things that are supposedly to help a migraine. And they actually do work for some people. And the problem is for me is that the next day they are guaranteed, I'm guaranteed that I'm going to have a migraine the next day. It's 50, 50, whether it works, but it's pretty much a guarantee that it's going to trigger a migraine the next day. So I don't take them anymore. And I'll never forget when I used to take Excedrin, it has caffeine in it, by the way. So I think there's about 50 milligrams of caffeine. So does the butobidol. Well, that's causing a, dilation of the blood vessels but then because it's a synthetic form of caffeine it's not like coffee in a tablet it's actually a lab created caffeine it's a synthetic caffeine it's not naturally occurring pure pure caffeine like that abacur spark cat and it gets out of your system or it works to get out of your system and it it creates a mess and now you are dependent upon it too if you're taking it every single day I was dependent upon it. In high school, I would take Excedrin migraine almost every day. But I remember one day I threw up my stomach. I I actually saw my stomach tissue coming up, and it was floating around in the toilet. Not to get too too graphic, but it's the truth, and it scared me. And I said, "I'm not taking this crap anymore. I'm never going to take it again." And I haven't, and I, I won't. It works for some people, and they can take it every now and then and be fine. You know what? Great. I wish I could, but I can't. So. I have to do the the hydration with the Toradol and the Zofran. I have to do the cold wash rag or the ice pack, try a little bit of natural caffeine massage. I do get in the shower. If I take that first nap and it didn't go away and I've already got the IV on the way, I get in the shower and I wash my hair. I put cold water, hot water, cold water, hot water, and I start changing the fluid around in the body and the lymph. So. The shower really does help. And then I usually lay back down and it's a process and it takes a while. And sometimes migraines grow away really quick, but I, and sometimes they don't, but I do encourage you to pray about it because when you are in a state where you're in so much pain and you're, you're practically hallucinating in your thoughts, thinking all this crazy stuff. The other day, I was in Oregon and it was a lot of stress. I was I put on a memorial service and I prayed. I, I woke up with a migraine and I had to fly out that day. And I didn't want a migraine. I didn't want it at all. I wanted to go walk at this park, this beautiful park in Portland. I wanted to go walk before I had to get to the airport. And I woke up at 1.30 in the morning and I'm by myself in this hotel. No ice packs, nothing. And I'm holding my head and it's absolutely pounding and I'm holding my head and I'm pacing in my room and I'm just praying and I'm saying, God, please tell me what to do. I don't I don't want a migraine. Please tell me what to do. Tell me what I need to do. I didn't just say, take it away. I said, please. I, I said, take it away. I didn't I did. But I also said, please tell me what to do. And instantly I just, I knew I needed to stack up my pillows, four pillows. I needed to put like one, two, three, like a pyramid stuck in the, in the uh, corner of it. And then, so then put that fourth one on top and I needed to get a cold wet wash rag. And so I went and got that, got the cold wet wash rag, placed it over my forehead. I laid back and I was sleeping at an incline so that all that pressure would release. And I woke up and I felt amazing. And I went and walked the park, and I had the most glorious, amazing morning and got 10,000 steps in before I had to get to the airport at noon. (laughs) It was an awesome morning. So don't underestimate the power of prayer when you are in those painful moments, and you'll be surprised at the answers that you may receive on what to do to help yourself. I hope that you learned something, and I hope that you'll share this episode with somebody because I think it would be incredibly valuable. And I've had a lot of people reach out and say, I've got migraines. I don't know what to do. Well, this episode is fully packed of what they are and what to do. And I'll be praying for you. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of According to the Castles with Amy and Trey. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. To stay up to date with the castles, follow Amy on Instagram at acastles. Until next time, have faith, enjoy life, and love abundantly.